0: Just between us hey! Just
1: between us hey! Hello! I am Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, director, and aunt of two nieces. Aww.
2: And I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bi bisexual icon. Wink! and former Berkeley Beacon news reporter.
1: Oh, for Emerson. Emerson College is Berkeley Beacon. I know, but I would assume Berkeley Beacon was for Berkeley. I know, it's because it's the cross streets that Emerson used to be on. Oh, it's not even where it is anymore? Nope. Uh, Well, that further proves that newspapers are esoteric. Wow! I majored in print journalism. How dare you? And look where you are now. I know, can you believe that? (laughs) Welcome to Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice.
2: What hobbies? What well, you were doing? Greek life in college?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, for two of the years. Yeah, was, and then by junior year, I realized, hey, I don't have any friends here, and I and then I dropped out. Yeah, but that every was... time I've joined a community, <laughs> I've I've subsequently dropped out. Have you tried being gay? No, it's a hard but, one to drop out of. Well, is it? <laughs> How many straight girls have dabbled? That's
2: true. And then they're like, not for me. Not for me. I spent two years in gay, and then I realized I didn't have any friends here, and I dropped out. <laughs> well, no, like, uh, but that was your only thing that you were doing as an extracurricular or no?
1: No, I was on the improv team. Oh, yeah, but th- and then you left that too. Well, I was kicked off of that, Gabby, but thanks for bringing <laughs> it up.
2: I was on sketch a sketch comedy group team. I know. And then called Chocolate Cake City. For those Emersonians listening. Stop
1: bragging about all the things you did in college. I'm just saying. I'm curious what your what your activities were. Yeah, my activities were improv, eventually stand-up as well. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> I was deep, deep, deep into the newspaper. Okay. I loved to write the news. I know because that was a large part of our first book, I Hate Everyone But You. Oh, yes. And then the sequel, Please Send Help, is available everywhere now.
2: Oh yeah, and uh, my my quote unquote character. The characters are loosely uh, based on us, but not truly us because there's a uh, massive amounts of fiction involved. But that character is a uh, journalism, a journalist, a reporter. I know, former journalism major, same as I.
1: I really want to start a drinking game where every time you bring up that you went to school for journalism, everyone has to hit themselves in the head. Why do you? Okay, if you're in your mind, why do I bring it up all the time? I think you're just so fucking proud of it and you're cocky about it and you (laughs) love to brag about it. That's my only. That's my only. But it makes no
2: sense because it's not even a job anymore. It would be like I majored in like the no because it makes you sound intellectual.
1: No, shut up. Journalism is still a job. Yeah, you love to bring it up.
2: Yeah, you think it makes me sound intellectual?
1: Yes, I can't imagine why else you're doing it. Because everyone else out here majored in screenwriting? So you're just trying to seem different and smarter? I guess so. Yeah, it's working. I mean, I is
2: it? It's working? Not on me, but I'm sure on on other other people. people. Okay, well then I'll keep it up. We
1: have a very exciting episode this week.
2: Oh, yeah. We're talking to Fazia Mirza. We're going to ask her some tough questions. And later, we'll talk about what does mental illness really look like? (laughs) And it's just a picture of our
1: faces. (laughs) But first, we're going to answer a listener's question. Hit it! International question! International question! International question! Anna, Chicago. Anna wants to know... How do you know if you're asking someone you're in a relationship with to do too much? And when do you think it's appropriate to ask people to make sacrifices? So what was very funny about this question was that brings to mind, like, I don't know, moving to another city with Compromise, you, yeah. Or something, like, huge. And it turns out that, basically, Anna is upset uh, that her girlfriend won't send her nudes. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's dive in. (laughs) Let's dive in. So basically, you know, they met uh, while in school, and now they're on summer vacation, and they're long distance. I personally sent her a ton of photos of myself, and I enjoy doing that, and I ask if she likes it, and she says she does. The only thing is I would like to also receive photos from her. And like, yeah, I'm sending her nudes, but she doesn't even have to do that. She just never sends any pictures. Even of her face. Even of her face. And she doesn't really feel comfortable taking photos of herself, which is a damn shame because she's gorgeous. It wasn't a problem when we were in the same state because I could see her all the time. But now I just like to look at her once in a while, naked, fully clothed, I don't care. But I don't want to force her to do something that makes her uncomfortable. She also says
2: that she can't show other people what she looks like because the photo selection is lacking.
1: That, I think, doesn't matter. It matters to me. Really? Yes. You want to be able to show people what your partner looks like? Yes. Why? Well, to brag? Well, a little. But
2: also, <laughs> I hate, like, um, I a lot of times, and this has to mostly do with uh, men that I've dated, where uh, you'll be like, oh, let me show you what he looks like. And then you'll go to his Instagram, and the Instagram is like a picture of a hot dog, the sunset, like a shoe. Like, it's never their
1: actual face, and so, how
2: can you you show anyone what they look like?
1: I guess I just feel like that's not a good enough reason to ask this person to do something that makes them uncomfortable—is to show them off. But I understand, like, wanting to see this person you're in a long distance relationship with.
2: Yeah, why? Well, I mean, it's this is a tough one because I like I'm very photo. Like, I love photos. I love if I'm Facetiming with someone, I'll hit screenshot like. I love to just have pictures of the person that I like so I can look at them all the time. And I would feel very sad if I didn't have pictures of the person
1: I like. Well, I think that this speaks to a much broader issue, which is that your girlfriend is clearly very insecure. Yeah, it's sad. So that makes me sad. And so I think that that happens a lot in a relationship where, like, your partner has... Insecurities, and you're trying to push them to do something that will either like make their relationship better or make their lives better, and their insecurity sort of stops them from doing it. And so, how do you know when to keep pushing and when to back off?
2: Yeah. Nudes, you got to drop that. Yes. You got to drop that. We can't,
1: we can't request nudes if the person's not comfortable. You
2: cannot request nudes. The cloud isn't safe. There's no, there's no, the nudes need to be sent with the person fully on board with them. Otherwise, they're bad.
1: Are you still sending nudes?
2: Yeah, I love to send nudes. <laughs> what? Love
1: to. Yeah, because you're in a long distance thing now. Are you sending nudes left and right? Uh, a, yeah, a little bit. I just
2: recently was showing a friend pictures and I was swiping, swiping, swiping. And I was like, well, there's my tits. Swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I, I think you got to like if you're long distance, I understand wanting to send nudes and receive nudes. But I also think like if the other person isn't fully on board, you can't. The nudes are tainted.
1: Well, I also, in terms of like, because the original question is, when is it appropriate to ask people to make sacrifices? And I think that it's difficult if you just look at one specific thing, which is like, I want my girlfriend to send me photos. What is your? How does your girlfriend act in the rest of the relationship? Yeah, is you know? she, is she w- like, oh, I want to get tacos for dinner. And you're like, I don't want tacos. And she's like, we will have tacos now. Exactly. Like, is there a compromise in the rest of the relationship? And this seems to just be one thing that this partner is just, like, really uncomfortable with doing. Yeah. If that's the case, then I think, you know, you're, you got to drop it. You got to drop it. It's not worth it. It's like you know. Hopefully, you can maybe work on building up their self esteem over time and and say nice things, say to them nice things and, things, and say that you're beautiful and all this kind of stuff. It makes me so sad for her girlfriend. I know that she, you know, I think that like. You have to, because of this, kind of like examine the rest of your relationship. Like, how are how is the intimacy when you are together? Yeah, like, are they comfortable being naked around you? Are they or like because some people like aren't photogenic. Like I'm not really particularly photogenic, and I so, disagree. I can take a great photo, but it's one of one hundred. Okay, but like all the time, I take terrible photos, and like but in person I'm not insecure and like I am comfortable with how I look and whatever you know I'm not like covering myself or not looking someone in the eye you know and so if it's really just a thing that's specific to photos then I'd say again let it go sorry you'll see them when you see them (laughs) but if it's a bigger issue Mm -hmm. then I think that like you have to wonder if if the girlfriend is ready to be in a relationship if there's so uncomfortable with themselves
2: cuz they can't love themselves like right. ruPaul says how you gonna if you don't love yourself how are you gonna love somebody else i i also think like you just because you send nudes you don't get to expect nudes back
1: no no absolutely not and i think you also have to ask if your partner wants them <laughs> she said that she she said that the girlfriend says
2: that she likes them yeah I do feel, I, I also, I at least if I send a nude, and you're not going to send one back, that's fine, but I'm going to need a very enthusiastic reply. Oh, of course. I need, like, the most, I need, like, emojis. <laughs> I need, like, the most enthusiastic reply of all time.
1: Yeah, it's an ego boost.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: you know, and I think that that's a if thing you just, need a lot in a long-distance relationship. If, yeah, you need words of affirmation. Absolutely. You need an ego boost. And, like, reassurance that they're still super interested and everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the other option is just is FaceTiming more. Oh, yeah. And then don't screenshot the FaceTimes. Because that's a violation of their
2: privacy. Exactly. And also they can see it sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and so then you get to still see their face. Yeah. That makes me sad. I know because I,
2: I do agree that I love a photo of my person's face. Yeah.
1: And I, I've never really had someone request photos of me. But if they did, that would make me feel happy and special. They could just Google you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If I want to see your face, hop on a
2: Google. You know? Yeah. I I think that you've said your piece, and I think that I, you can try to, like, build them up and be sweet, but I think you do have to – I don't know, because, like, also in this letter it says that, that uh, they send each other letters and that the – um, the girlfriend sent her cookies from where she works, and it's, like, very, very sweet. Like, the girlfriend's not like, no, I don't want to, you know, have anything to do with you because we're long distance. Right.
1: So when it comes to is it appropriate different- to ask, mm-hmm. I, I think in this case it's really not because they are doing a lot and bringing a lot to the table.
2: You have different love languages. hmm And look up Google love languages. Yeah. And read about them. But also, like, um... If, if just because I think it's this thing of like, just because you like doing things one way and you express your love one way doesn't mean that the other person has to express their love in the same way.
1: But you also have to ask yourself, is that the way you want to be loved? Absolutely. And sometimes the answer is no. Absolutely. Because
2: I love acts of service. Yes, that's you mine. Do. Like if someone sent me cookies, I'd be like, that's amazing. Right. But if if it's like um, physical touch or something like that, I it's like good, but I don't – it's not like – as important as if you like bought me all of my groceries see
1: for me if i'm not getting physical touch i i feel off yeah then you're like well that's
2: my love language yeah like uh
1: jake is like always has his like arm on me or like is touching me in some way or Mm -hmm. holding my hand Mm -hmm. or you know and like in the few times when he's not done that i'm like something's wrong Mm. I feel disconnected from him.
2: So your love language, uh, Anna, is nudes. (laughs) And your girlfriend's love language is cookies.
1: And there you go. And you got to think about that. Will that work? I don't know. Before we wrap this segment up, I also want to say it is not your responsibility to give your partner self-esteem. Yeah. So if this person is insecure... That sucks. And it's hopefully something that they can overcome, but it's not on you to make them feel good about themselves. You're you're not going to say enough complimentary
2: things to talk them into being secure enough to send nudes.
1: I think that's not it.
2: That's a losing journey. I think
1: that you can express that you wish that they they felt more confident in themselves because Because they are wonderful and you see such wonderful and you see such potential and such amazing qualities in them. And then it's on them to take that and work on it. Yeah, be like, I wish you saw yourself the way I saw you. But I also think that it's really, really hard to be with somebody who doesn't love themselves.
2: And how and and how is that not what RuPaul
1: is saying? Okay. If you want to submit your international question, send it to justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. That's justbetweenuspod at gmail.com. Up next, we've got a juicy interview with our highly esteemed guest, Fazia
2: Mirza. Just between us.
1: Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment on to all of podcasting. Tough questions. Our guest today is Fazia
2: Mirza. Hello. Hello. Hi. How do you, you do, you wear a lot of hats. So introduce yourself.
0: Well, and the weird thing is I'm wearing no hats, like tangible, actual, physical hats right now. It's
1: disappointing, to be honest.
0: I know. There's one in the car, so I'm happy to go get that. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of my thing where I'm like, well, what have I not done? It's, I mean, yeah, I write, I produce, I act, I create. I was a lawyer. What? Uh, oh. I know, don't judge me. Uh, and so now, yeah, I do all the things. I what feel kind like of go lawyer? where the spirit uh, goes. Uh, I was a litigator.
1: Oh, that's the best time. Is it? As well, well <laughs> for going into acting, actually. It's very perform-
0: performative. Yeah, well, what I realized is I like acting like a lawyer more than. Being a lawyer. Every
2: time I watch... This is horrible, but every time I watch a a TV show, I go, I
0: could be a cop.
2: And then I go, no, you can't. (laughs) What are you talking about?
0: I mean, I believe that you could be a cop.
2: I would not want to be a cop. On TV. (laughs) On TV. I want to play a cop. Yes. In a fantasy world and not ever actually be a cop.
0: Yes, agreed. Uh,
2: But so, uh, you, you... I wanted to talk to you because you write on The Red Line, which is a show on CBS. Yes.
0: And I it was went- a show. It's it's a limited event series, so it's completed its journey oh, now. Nice. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. It's it's reached its uh uh endpoint, I you know, in the story.
1: But that's got to be great knowing that I would love to write for limited series. Because it's got to be so tough writing for all these shows where you're like, I don't know if we'll get another season. So True. we have to somehow have loose ends and also make people feel satisfied.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and it was super intense, too, because it was a limited event series. So, I mean, it was intense because I typically do comedy, and this was yeah. not, 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 not comedy. <laughs> because it was our drama, very intense, um, really kind of that, you know, based on all the, like, terrible truths that are happening, Um it's in, like about police brutality yes. and fucking like violence it's against black violence, people, yeah. violence against gay and you know LGBTQ people. And 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 I got a funny joke one or two times, but that was it. There was <laughs> yeah. it was really dramatic. And yeah. and wonderful and a great learning experience and really like life-changing for me.
2: Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. So also, like I, we know each other through gay stuff and gay <laughs> film stuff or whatever. But you're, you post a lot about this and you talk a lot about this, and it's very interesting of like being a Muslim and also being queer, mm-hmm. and how those because I think a lot of times you have to defend yourself because people don't understand how that is possible, mm-hmm. and and it comes back to the show because you wrote a queer Muslim character mm-hmm. on the show, mm-hmm. which like got a lot of press and was very celebrated. Mm-hmm. But I think, do you do you like? you get a lot of do you get a lot of stuff when people being like that's not a
1: thing.
0: Oh yeah. I mean there's a line in the show that says you can't be gay and muslim at the same time and it's like well I'm not a hologram. Like that is literally <laughs> Yeah. yeah. what i say in response to people. Yeah. Um and and it's not just people are like oh that's just people in tiny towns in mm-hmm. Kansas. No, it's actually kind of a lot of people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuz you're a
1: practicing Muslim.
0: I well yeah, what does practicing mean? Like I pra- I mean like you,
1: it's something you identify with. I feel
0: like I'm. I'm probably. I'm not ritualistic. So okay. I. I mean, I personally don't like pray five times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't. My mom knows this. Hates it. Uh, <laughs> always. I mean, she. She hates a lot of things that I uh, do. Uh, but she. But but yeah, I, I'm not necessarily very ritualistic. But I'm definitely like my culturally. You know, I, that's how I was raised. I couldn't imagine sort of identifying with another religion, mm-hmm. and and that has shaped to me, mm-hmm. whether I am close to God or not close to God, like, that is my kind of sphere of identity. And, and also, like, I feel very much aware that, you know, when we live in the West versus, you know, it, if I was raised in Pakistan, where my family is from, I'm sure I would have grown up and acclimated very differently. Mm -hmm. But living in the West, we do live in a very I culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, embracing and claiming all of these identities, it's very much sort of, you know, it's both a I don't do it to be political, but I am politicized.
2: yeah. the and idea think, of a yeah. queer Muslim is very political inherently right.
0: exactly. and I, and I think it's important also because when you claim who you are, when it feels safe for you, um it also changes the stereotypes that people have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people look at people might look at my mom who wears like traditional Pakistani clothes and wears a hijab. and she they're like, That's a Muslim' And then they might look at a cutout of me and be like, That's a teenage boy. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, we're both Muslim. Yeah. So so it's kind of really also I feel like important for me in that way.
1: What was it like coming out to your mom?
0: Oh, God. That – you know, I came out to her um, (laughs) uh, on an airport floor in Atlanta, the Atlanta airport. Oh, what a beautiful airport. Beautiful airport. Uh, Long, big airport. Yeah, the atrium. (laughs) That's the middle of that airport. Yeah, Uh, over Gchat.
1: What? Oh, so she wasn't at the airport. No. Oh, okay. No. I also feel
0: like it places us in a very specific time when we're still using chat. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Right? Um, remember when we used that all the time? All the time. All the time. Uh, I never
1: really had anyone to chat with. Oh. Allison. <laughs> really? sad asides, I, I really... I don't know. I, I chatted a little. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, so what
0: happened? <laughs> um, well, I was going through a breakup and... How old were you? Uh, you know... Uh, twenty uh, nine. Okay, was I no 30, A th- little okay. bit, a little bit late in the coming out game. Oh, I'm a I'm a late c- comer.
1: Oh, okay. Did we'll you get it. Is, right, yeah. is that the right? Is that
0: the right phrase? Late, late yeah. bloomer. I'm a late coming. A late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a late comer is probably something else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's,
1: <And> very frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so you okay? So.
2: So you just were talking to her on GChat. Yeah,
0: and I was sad. I was coming. I was in a, yeah, you know, just in a really bad breakup mm-hmm. in term. And you know, I was moving out, and I was sad. And it was one of those times where you just want to feel unconditional love by somebody in your life, and you're yeah. like, who is that person? So and, you'd
1: been living with your partner, and they didn't know.
0: No, we were roommates. Got it. Yeah, oh, it was a classic
1: roommate, classic
0: gay roommate situation. Mm. Oh my
1: god. Uh,
0: and and when I told her how sad I was and how hard it was to move, um, and and I've written about this in. Um, well, many times, but in my one woman play, I talk about this, but I, I, I told her, I, you know, mom, I was, she, well, she said to me, I could have helped you. I would have brought the van. I would have helped you move. Uh, and I said, no, it's not that I just, I miss it. I miss my, my roommate. And she was like, I miss my friend. And she said, oh, you'll get a new roommate. And yeah. that's when I just said, mom, what, she's not my roommate. She was my girlfriend. We were dating. And then over G-chat, it's like, beat, beat, beat. Right. Oh, wow. And then she's like, that was a bombshell. <laughs> uh, like, really g- great comedy timing on my mom's yeah, part. Yeah, I know. And then beat, beat, she says, um, how could you be so selfish? And that launches us into the kind of, you know, I mean, the the classic religious rhetoric that comes mm-hmm. when you come out and have that moment. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was pretty intense. Uh because they believe, they
2: have very much religious. They believe yeah. very much.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've, a lot of my work is so much about understanding how my mother became religious, whether mm-hmm. it's based in reality or not. Um, because when she was growing up in Pakistan, she wasn't religious. Really? Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's true of a lot of folks, you know, whether they're immigrants or whether they're getting older, mm-hmm. it's sort of a, I feel like. I feel lost. I feel like an outsider. I feel Mm -hmm. brushed with mortality. How do I feel safe? How do I feel connected to this thing that makes sense? Or nobody looks like me. I'm the only brown person around all white people. Or nobody speaks my language. Or we're the dark house on the block during Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always am explaining myself. And so I feel like for her, there was this moment of reconnection to faith. Mm -hmm. Or connection to faith for the first time as a way of survival. How
1: old was she when that happened?
0: Um, I kind of remember it. We were still living in Canada. I'm also Canadian. Don't be wow. jealous. Actually,
1: I'm extremely jealous. It's
0: okay. Don't worry. I'm not married yet.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, this just becomes us trying to get health yeah, care. This is us trying to get
0: Canadian citizenship. I mean, could we do that? Could we, do put the, could we you know?
2: Be, I know. You know. Some sort of triple marriage where now we're Canadian citizens. Like, you must be so
1: hot in the dating market having Canadian citizenship. <laughs> I mean, it's my best
0: play. It's my best. I've actually always wanted to write something called My Four Wives. And it's inspired by the fact that everyone's like, oh, well, Muslim men can have four wives. And I'm like, well, why can't Muslim women? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, so we can get married. Um, we'll get health care. Uh, but, yeah, growing up in Canada, which is where I was born, you know, we lived in Nova Scotia. So it's, like, super, like, Canadian Maine, very mm-hmm. white, very rural, small town on the ocean. And it was there that my mom... You know, kind of with my dad, after he had had his first heart attack, like all of, you know, and again, for me, this is all speculation. Because now if you were to ask her, she's like, Fazia, uh, you know, that was, I came back to God, you know, that was yeah. the way. Like there's almost like a rewriting of yeah. history. Um, so, yeah, I think... I don't even know. But it, you
1: saw it happen. You were alive I saw for it. it happen. Yeah. I was alive for it. Was that it. confusing for
0: you? Yeah, because one day it was like, oh, she's wearing a headscarf or wait, yeah. suddenly she's praying or wait, suddenly she's getting mad if we're not, you yeah. know, praying. the rules changed the in your rules house. Cha- That's a great way of saying it. The rules changed. You know, whatever the rules were before, even if they, you didn't fully understand them, yeah. they're just different.
2: Yeah. Did you – were you also ever like, oh, I – Because, like, were you ever also like, I believe in God. I'm – do I want to do this? I am praying. I'm – I'm
0: probably the – in some ways, I feel like I am more likely to pray now.
2: Mm, Yeah. Isn't that wild?
0: And and, and I think it's less about God. I just sort of now connect – because um, I was never really religious at all. For me, I was always the one who was like, I don't want to do the thing you're telling me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm not supposed to hang out with boys or mm-hmm. do this or this. Well, I'm going to go do everything I want secretly and lie about it. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. I don't want to pray. I just want to play. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, now I think of prayer, like, in the very Muslim style of prayer. And I'm like, that's... Basically yoga. Like I, I look at yeah. religion yeah. kind of all as culturally, geographically, like this is all the same thing. This is just people evolving over time and creating like a new thing. It's almost like like if you look at fitness routines or diet routines, you're like, oh well that evolved from the whole 30 evolved from this and this evolved from it. And how I, is
1: that not a religion?
0: Exactly how it is, I think. Kind of yeah. culty.
1: I mean I think the big distinction is If you're not like this, though, you're going to hell or there's something, you know, like you're like if, I mean, yoga people do really tell you to do yoga, but (laughs) (laughs) they'll still be friends with you, hopefully. Hopefully.
2: Was there an idea of like, because you're saying you didn't super buy into it, but like if, was there an idea of like, oh shit, like if I'm gay and Muslim, how is this going to work out?
0: I mean, I never really thought about what gay was until... Like much later, so in I'd say like mid to late twenties, mm-hmm. um, and like it just didn't cross my mind at all. Like, and I, really? I I'd, 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 did you
1: date guys and stuff, or
0: I mean, define date? What is that? You know, yeah, I mean, there was so you know the thing is, I was raised in a house where you know you weren't allowed to hang out with boys, hug boys. I wasn't mm. supposed to talk to them anymore, or like uh, definitely not have sex with them. So then, so and I we didn't drink. I didn't wear low neck, V-neck shirts, or yeah. like skirts i wasn't I allowed to think do that
2: religious houses where they're like don't talk to boys don't have sex with boys don't touch boys and then they're like uh very religious and then the child is gay and i'm like yeah what did you expect was gonna happen
0: <laughs> you told me to hang out with girls i, did. I know that's
2: unpc, pc but i'm always like you kind of Right, guys?
0: <laughs> no, it's true. It's like, okay, I'll hang out with girls. Yeah, yeah you did this, this to fun. yourself. I like this. Yeah, you, didn't <laughs> t- you didn't tell me the rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What yeah. does hangout mean? No, I, I agree with that. I mean, it, it, it definitely impacts, like... And I think, I mean, look, we could look at probably, like, any space where everyone's like, you must hit spend time only with that gender. Yeah. You're going to become intimate with that mm-hmm. gender. Yeah. I feel like that, the numbers just mean that, you know, mm-hmm. like, if you look at, like, harem culture in, like, like, South Asian kings, like, the guys who built the Taj Mahal, like, back in that era, I mean, the harem culture, like, those were a bunch of women, trans people, queer men, like, all hanging mm-hmm. out in a place for at the place pleasure of the king, Mm -hmm. the king was not around that much. (laughs) Like, They were all having sex with each other for sure. Yeah, uh, never but, thought of that. <laughs> I mean, now, and you now know know you, it's
1: all you're gonna think about. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, and that that's actually something that I think a lot about too. Is like, you know, what were what were our people like before colonization? Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, what, what were we like before? You know, as you know, being South Asian, it's like what were we like before the British came over and they were like, "You're weird," and we want your land and your spices. <laughs> How do we do that? Let's make – let's take from you, make you hate each other and Mm -hmm. fight and then strip away the power from like – you know, I mean trans people have always been uh, people of power. And in our stories, in a natural part of our culture, we just didn't have those same names We didn't have words for it, yeah. Exactly. We didn't have words for it. So, um, yeah, in some ways I'm like, okay, well, maybe we're getting to a place where we're all going back – Yeah, like when people are
2: like, uh, well, you know, in ancient Greece, people were gay and no one
0: gave a shit. No one gave a shit. And now
2: all of a sudden- I mean, that's not
1: colonization, but, like, you know, it is very Ancient tradition, ancient yeah.
0: culture, ancient people. Well, I yeah. think
1: religion did a lot of disservice, yeah. right? Because it, like, very specifically stated, or people interpreted it to specifically state that, like, homosexuality is a sin. Right. Whereas, like, maybe, in Greece, they didn't have that. They, <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? They just had, like, gods who were fucking each other. Yeah. Well, they're basically.
0: like, here's the sky. The right. sky <laughs> yeah. rules. The zodiac yeah. is our—that farm up of zodiac right. is like, mm-hmm. that's our ruling planets.
2: So what? So when you started to realize that you were queer later, were you like, oh, how is this going to square with with the Muslim culture?
0: You know, I feel like I was most worried. I mean, I, I feel like there was just so much shame around being a person, having a body. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I, – I say that I became comfortable having a body and being a sexual being when I – When I sort of uh, embraced my queerness. Mm -hmm, And when I became really comfortable having sex with women is when I became comfortable being a woman. Yeah. And having a body.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean,
0: there's just so much shame and like fear and. Uh, denial of pleasure attached mm-hmm. to in ev- all of our cultures, yeah. and and in America, and it's like no, this is you're a slut if you do this.
1: Well, America is so uncomfortable with sexuality. Oh,
0: bodies, just like get that
1: body away from me. Just like the diff- <laughs> the difference between like how nudity is treated here versus like literally anywhere else. Yeah. yeah, it's such a big deal, and it's like that's the problem is because it sexualizes the body,
0: right? In, in a way does, that it doesn't it have to, to be. be. Like yeah. this is skin. This is that. yeah right. you know yeah it, it's it's kind of a like i think a lot about like um what is it, like water culture, you know, like where there's Greek baths and Turkish baths and Korean spas and Japanese spas and, you know, all of these spaces. I'm like, okay, well, that's how people are comfortable with bodies. Like we're supposed to share space and be naked together and it's safe and it's okay. In America, it's like, I want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to look at your body. Don't look at me. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you were to have kids, would you raise them Muslim?
0: Oh, great question. Thank you. I've been sitting on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> were you wearing bottoms when you were sitting yes! on it? <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like if I were to have kids, I would raise them uh, just to love the world. Because mm. I, I, I feel like I would want to sort of share my Muslimness in terms of, like, again, sort of culturally, like, these are people. Mm-hmm. And some people will say bad things about Muslims. But... Your mom and your grandmother, you know, Muslims are beautiful people, as are Christian people and people who don't believe in God and yogis and, uh, you know, people who—even Scientologists. So
1: Ta- you wouldn't expect them to identify as
0: Muslims? No, no. I feel like I'd be like a, a the straight-up— uh, huh. Yeah, no, that's a straight up. Uh, but the the straight up sort of like gay love, yeah, yeah. you know, love everybody, be respectful, but there, be good.
2: How is that tied into though? I guess we're differentiating Muslim from Pakistani identity. Mm, yeah, because like there there is a thing where like you know you can you dress very cool. Mm. And you can like thank you, be, and you know, but but it's, it's so that's like people won't go Muslim when they see you, right. but they will say, oh, Pakistani person,
0: or they might say, what are you? Yeah, <laughs> or are you, uh, what language do you speak? Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of people don't necessarily peg me, you know. Yeah. They're like, who that Eric Estrada looking person? Like <laughs> what? What is she? I can't tell her <gasps> ethnic identity. Um yeah, the, I, I feel like I feel like like the, the brownness is something that would be really important to me. Like I'm yeah, like for kids, Hey, right. here's like a shawl I got from my mom. Right. And here's Pakistani clothes and here's this and here's this. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me it's sort of it would be like a great grocery shop where it's like these are all the things that I love from the, car- the from the shelves and they're going to go in the cart and I'm going to give you this cart, baby. Yeah. literal baby
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i feel really conflicted about this as well having grown up jewish Mm. and judaism is also a culture yeah and an ethnicity in a lot of ways yeah Yeah. so i don't believe in organized religion and i find it to be extremely harmful yeah and it's not something i can endorse in any way but to me to think of my kids not identifying as jewish is weird because Mm. i also think of it as an ethnicity yeah yeah and so it's like how do i you know yeah, How do the, I say? Well, you're not. We, we're not going to temple, but we are celebrating Passover, you know, and yeah, like, or like figuring out that middle ground.
2: Even more than that, being like, "Oh, uh, you're we are not. We don't identify as Jewish, but you do have every neurosis under the sun." <laughs> and it's like, uh, "Well, then
1: you're Jewish." I hate to break it to you, right? And I don't know exactly what to do about it, and also. Uh, A lot of times for, this is so stupid, but like for preschool, you send your kids to Jewish preschool. Yeah. it's just like a good education. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's what my sister does and my boyfriend's brother is doing, you know. And to me, I'm really like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because I just don't want Mm -hmm. my kid to just meet other Jews, even Mm -hmm. when they're that young.
2: Send them to a Montessori. I went to a Montessori preschool. Yeah. Okay. Well, we solved that. But I'm just saying, (laughs) you know. like It was, you know, one of those like alternative learning preschools.
1: Yeah. But I just I don't know, like, I'm so aware where it's like, I feel so conflicted where I want to be like, I want to keep some of it. And then part, other parts, I'm like, don't but don't believe the don't believe the Torah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> you know, I wonder if like, one of the things I think a lot about is that idea of, you know, why can't we have it all? I mm-hmm. mean, and, and, and part of it is people, everyone's gonna have an opinion on that. Yeah. And on you, but I feel like, well, they have those opinions anyway, so we have to transcend that noise to create our own identity, Mm -hmm. which is kind of how I feel like I've gotten to this place. But I love that idea of, well, we celebrate Passover. That's just the tradition in this household. You can do it if you want to. Yeah. But, like, this is where your mother comes from, and this is where this person comes from. This is where this person in your life comes from. This is what we in this family are growing up to do. and you don't have to do it, right. yeah. you know? And I feel like that have to right. is the part where it becomes, like, I'm giving you your identity versus I'm sharing my things I like or mine.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, those things are beautiful, and I think that's what I love. I love the gathering. Like, why can't – we can love the gathering, and, God, I don't want to be – Jewish or Muslim, but, like, there's something about, I love when you go to the mosque and, like, everyone's just bustling around and they're, <laughs> yeah. like, feeding you and there's always the annoying aunties. Like, there's something I also love about that stuff. Oh, totally. There's comfort yeah, there. there's comfort there.
1: And, like, I, I'm, i like, thinking if I get married, I'm, like, well, I don't want there to be a religious ceremony at all, but they better lift me in the chairs. Yeah! You know, like, they like, That's and awesome. they better do, you know, like, yeah. the dance and the, like, and it's such a weird, like, it's sort of like a smorgasbord where, I guess, you just pick and Choose yeah. what parts that you
0: like. Well, and actually, my friend recently uh, just said to me, because she was like, oh, do you ever want to get married anymore? And I said, I don't know. I think I stopped believing that I would get married once I realized, oh, I'm not going to have a husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have kids in that same way, you know? Because mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'm going to be 25, and I'm going to have my first kid, and right. then I'm going to have a husband, and we're going to do all these things. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's still time. <laughs>
1: Your mom's listening. My, my reaction was like, "Thank God!" Yeah, being <laughs> like, no. twenty-five with a kid was a nightmare, oh my God.
0: <laughs> right? And so I, 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 thought, "Oh, I won't get married then." And she said, "You know," because I'm like, "Oh, well, now I'm pursuing this career and this other life, and you know, I don't know if I can provide for someone else mm-hmm. in the way that one is supposed to." And she's like, "You know, I wonder if, if there's a reframing of marriage too, where it's like it doesn't have to be the like." patriarchal, misogynistic yeah. way of thinking about marriage, it's it's just pure partnership. Like, you don't exactly. have to be in a position where you're like, I can buy you a house. Yeah. I can provide these cars, and I'm going to be able to pay for kids, and I'm going to be able to give this thing. It's like you're why just is that giving only love. You,
2: but why is that only your responsibility? To pay for the house.
0: Well, exactly. And I think that's part of it, too. It's like, oh, well, if I can't have it in the way that I was supposed to have it, that means I probably shouldn't have it. And it's like, whoa, wait, 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 that's a story we've told ourselves. Yeah. No, I think it's
1: just a partnership. Yeah. It's just saying, okay, let's fucking tackle this thing together. That yeah. is life. Yeah.
0: And I think with kids, too, it's like it's not the thing that we thought. Mm-mm. It's kind of whatever you want it whatever to be. Whatever
1: keeps them alive.
0: <laughs> oh, God. That's great. But you right? can also
2: both go in on a house.
0: Yes, and should. Of course, yeah. And the person that you're with
2: could also be successful.
0: Oh, I'm down with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's great.
0: I'm like, girl, you want to bring the house? Yeah. That's yeah.
2: great. Yeah. Get yourself taken care of. Yeah. Find a sugar mama. I'm okay.
0: Are you listening? You know
2: who you are. <laughs> yeah, right. As an artist, you're just like, hello, does an older uh, established lesbian wish to sponsor me? That's all Gabby wants. <laughs> that's all I'm
0: looking for. <laughs> Please. I mean, look, it's like having a patron, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, all, all great artists had patrons. So. Yeah, you're right.
1: My dad's my mom's patron. He supports her photography does your dad want to be my patron probably (laughs) he's very generous i just have one final question uh to keep it loose and light do you guys believe in god
0: (laughs) well i actually brought god with me surprise guest um now do you mean uh me or you know the billion muslims in the world no you specifically okay you're Mm -hmm. asking both of us if we believe in god we're Uh, all gonna gonna share go first You know, wow. I definitely believe in—and uh, this is where I come back to it all being the same. I think we're all sort of energetically the same. So whether we call it—I think everybody calls God something different, mm-hmm. whether it's molecules, energy, uh, astrology, uh, Allah, you know, it's like—I feel like it's all kind of that cosmic, karmic same thing, whether there is an actual— heaven place or a hell place or a limbo place i don't know but i feel like otherwise it's it's all the same i do believe in the goodness aspect like when you do good when you are open and connected like there are signs and energy in the universe that kind of propels and pushes you forward and when you do bad in the world you know you will feel that in your body Mm -hmm. and in your spirit and in your in your heart and it'll impact your life is that it? Is that
1: that was a wonderful answer. Yeah, <laughs> I have the chills. You can oh. see why I wanted
2: to have her on. Oh. Yes,
1: very good job. <laughs> do um, I get an A? Yeah. You get an A.
2: I don't. I don't. But it's hard to square when I f- do believe in ghosts. Yeah. And so, <laughs> what's that afterlife about then? And also,
0: <laughs> so you believe in ghosts specifically? Like, the, oh, these are people who lived. And it's oh, their yeah, ghosts. absolutely. Yeah.
2: So. So it's like, how do you, you know, if there's no God, then there's no afterlife. And then if there's no afterlife, where are the ghosts coming from? <laughs> Is my answer also philosophical and good? You get a B plus.
0: <laughs> but it's a good way of thinking about it because it's like if I don't believe, believe in that thing, right, like how does this other thing – because it's like it's a machine –
1: I just think we have to acknowledge something's going on. Where are the ghosts? Yeah. Come you know from I mean? Agreed. Like, Agreed. <laughs> why are we here? What's happening? I believe in a God, but I also... Oh. I've always believed in God. There's never been a time what? in my life I didn't believe in God. But you, wow. hate, but you God. hate religion. Exactly. I hate organized religion, and I'm extremely spiritual and believe in God. But I had
2: no idea. That's so much I tell much sense. you
1: all the time, and I think it is so kind of counterintuitive to a lot of my personality that I tell people and they instantly forget. And every time I tell someone, they're like, really? And I'm like, I've told you this.
0: Well, there's a lot of stigma, I think, to when we say the word God, what that means. What that means. And so people are like, oh, well, that, that means you have to be like, you know, super into Jesus. And like, mm. Jesus, what, what would Jesus do? Or like, that means yeah. you're extremist or whatever. And really, it just means you believe in, I think, the energy. Of, yeah,
1: like a higher power. I think yeah. that there's a different level. Someone created us.
2: I don't. But I do believe in astrology. Okay, mm-hmm. and there we go. And
0: that's why we're See, that's we're also an odd gods couple. and goddesses too, right? Like the astrology of like, you know, it the Greeks the and the Egyptians mm-hmm. talking about, oh, I don't even know, like Zeus. Yeah. And all those cats.
1: Okay. I really hope God is not you- Zeus. <laughs> He's problematic. That would be the worst, <laughs> I right? know, be so upsetting. God's just turning into goats coming down here to fuck people. Exactly. God, I wish that
0: wasn't real. Could goddess just be a mermaid of some kind? Oh, I love I'd be it. into that. Wow.
1: On that note, would you like to play a game with us?
0: I've been prepping for this game. Really? But I don't know what kind of game we're playing. Okay. So I that haven't makes done no any preparation. <laughs> I believe in my initial email, I said you will be playing a game show. That's what I looked at, and that's kind of, and I was Got like, it. "Ooh, I'm bad at guessing games." Well,
1: this is called hypotheticals.
0: Oh great! So anything is right. Anything.
1: Well, everything's wrong. Um, <laughs> yes, to give you, you some sound like scenarios, and you'll tell me what you would do in those scenarios.
0: Okay, great. And
1: Gabby doesn't know what I'm going to say either, so you're right. both playing. Okay. So our first game is America's favorite game show. Would you stay with this cheater? Okay. Mm, oh. You find out your partner of 17 months has nightly sex dreams about your best friend. When you ask if anything physical has happened in real life. They reply, one time at a beach party, they touch toes. Would you stay with this cheater?
0: Can I ask why 17 months?
1: Uh, I just like to be specific. <laughs> oh, my God. Life is in the specificities. No, that's true. Okay, wait. Every night? Every night they have a sex dream about your best friends, and at a beach party, they touch toes.
0: So they tell you about this every morning?
1: No, you find out, because in one night, they, they scream their name. Like, they moan their name, and you're like, what was that about?
2: Okay. Um and then they then they tell you the truth. Yeah.
1: And do they want to actually be with your best friend? They they don't know why this is happening to them. They're not attracted to them. No, they are.
0: Are they in love with you? Yes. And and attracted? And mm-hmm. are you attracted to your best friend? No, no.
2: And why did they just touch toes?
1: Well, they, you know, at first it started out as a as an accident and then they their toes interlocked. <gasps> To like, hold toes? Yeah, they held toes. They, they were holding toes? toes? Yeah, just for a second. So it wasn't a pinch. It was like a holding. Yeah, there was like, they gently held each other's
0: toes this, for a <laughs>
1: couple of seconds. <sighs> I will not stay with this cheater. Why?
2: Because I, I don't trust that they're not in love with my friend. And I I don't like it. Okay, I just don't like it. My gut says no. Your gut says no?
0: Yeah. I definitely think we'd have to have a conversation and confront whatever it is. I if I were if I felt like we had that romantic connection that was super super strong, I'd be willing to sort of be like, "Okay, let's let's maybe couples therapy it." Mm. You do
1: have that connection, but also every night they dream they murder you.
0: What? what? Oh wait a minute, where did that <laughs> come from?
1: Wait, what? That's
2: just the rules of this game, baby. Damn. So so Foz chose to stay.
1: Yeah. And, Is that what I did? Oh. Oh, but did wait you? with
0: the murdering?
1: Oh. With that thumbs out in couples therapy.
0: Oh. I mean, that feels, I feel like then I would progress to be like, maybe this isn't working.
1: Yeah. Every night I dream my boyfriend leaves me. Let's move
2: on. Do you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, you know, how are they murdering you? Because some people with stabbing, it is sort of a phallic. Sexual. Uh, sexual thing. So they could, it, the murder could also
0: be erotic. And I would also ask the question, are they my sugar mama?
1: Yes, they're very rich.
0: Okay, so maybe we'd stay a little (laughs) longer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Smart. Yeah. Our next game, Are You a Terrible Parent? Oh, classic. Perfect. Perfect.
0: (laughs) Your child
1: won't stop talking to his imaginary friend, and it's getting in the way of your life. So you introduce your own imaginary friend, (laughs) who later kidnaps your kid's imaginary friend, and despite calling the imaginary police, neither are ever heard from again. But your kid is less annoying. Are you a terrible parent?
0: <laughs> I lost track of who was real and this, who was imaginary.
1: This
2: is maybe the funniest thing I've ever heard. Wow. I am blown away by your genius. Thank you so much. I want a short film about this. Uh, yes. One is
1: forthcoming. It should be because it's so good.
0: Do you think imaginary friends are actually ghosts? Ghosts? Absolutely maybe. I do.
1: Sometimes, but some kids are just little liars.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I had an imaginary friend when I was a kid named Ducky who was a human-sized duck and he used to tell me to do bad things and yes. my parents told me that I had to tell Ducky to go away. The, and, see? This is what parents do. And then I did and Ducky did go away. But my parents would be like, why did you like, do, like write all over the table or whatever? I'd be like, Ducky told me to. Oh, kids do
1: that all the time. That's It's bullshit. That's why they had to come up, you had to come up with your own imaginary friend to kidnap their imaginary friend.
2: Yeah. But also I think Ducky was getting progressively more violent and they were like, <laughs> okay. okay, I think we gotta get Ducky out of here
1: i think what's important to note is even in the imaginary world police are useless yeah right
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I, think, I like
1: those rules
2: i think you're i think uh you're an inventive parent mm.
0: i think yeah i think that i feel like that's good parenting
1: okay I, Be- I think because so yeah, you're, a, <laughs> you're
0: a parent not afraid you're not like what is perfect parenting? I feel like that's a Western concept.
1: And you're willing to play on their level. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Play by their rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. I This was just me testing out if I can do this later when <laughs> I'm a parent. <laughs> oh, okay. Great.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's bad uh, because you also didn't say they killed them. You said they
1: kidnapped, kidnapped them. Kidnapped them, yeah. They went off for a new life.
0: So that's great. Oh, that's that means they're probably living in, like, imaginary heaven somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, they're
1: having a lovely time. Yeah, yeah. they're having a great time. And every now and then, you get an imaginary postcard from that.
0: (laughs) Wish (laughs) you were here. Yeah,
1: but don't follow us. (laughs) Oh my
0: god! Don't ever visit.
2: You just—I just imagined a parent like going through the mail and then put like miming, holding a postcard, and being like, "It's a postcard from our imaginary friends." And Uh, the
1: kid is now like 15, and it's like, "Shut (laughs)
0: up!" Or or the kid is like one single tear. Yeah. I'd forgotten about them, Mom.
1: <laughs> Our final, final game. Everyone's favorite or second favorite or third or fourth favorite. Is this person an alien or just rude? Ooh. While trying on bathing suits, the salesperson throws a bucket of water on you so you can see how it will look wet. They are genuinely shocked when you get mad. Is this person an alien or just rude? <laughs>
0: Oh my god, where did the water come from? They
1: they had it ready for you. They would do it to every
0: customer. But you
1: didn't know. You didn't know it was
0: coming. <laughs> oh, and it was was it cold or warm?
1: <laughs> lukewarm. So felt pretty cold, but it was lukewarm. Um
0: they
1: I, were like, this is the temperature of a pool. <laughs> do they have a towel ready for you? Uh no.
0: I feel very comfortable saying that I think they're rude because I like to think that aliens would care for me a little bit more than that. Why? I believe goodness of aliens. Oh, that's I, nice. th- I think the humans are pieces of shit. Humans are definitely <laughs> pieces of shit. Aliens, I just think they're good weirdos.
2: Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with alien because it seems like the type of thing that they would like maybe learn about in school, but get like a little bit wrong. Like they'd be like Earth culture when they wear a bathing suit, they wish to be wet, and the alien was like, "Got it," and wrote it
1: down, and then just like didn't really follow up. Gabby, you're close to being right. The thing is with the aliens they they get they can dry themselves immediately. So they don't understand that it's a problem. There you go. Thank you so
0: much for joining <laughs> us. Where can we find you? Um, currently, right here with you. Uh, <laughs> but then you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, under the Fawz, T H E F A W Z. And that's where things happen, I think.
2: Ooh, I mean, that's what are do you, Can people watch your, your films and stuff? Um, they-
0: yeah, you can watch some stuff on uh, my website, FawzianMirza.com. There's some stuff up there. Uh, but yeah, there's stuff on there. You can watch my feature that I also made uh, called Signature Move on Amazon or iTunes. Amazing. That's what I was leading you to promote. Oh, thank you. I need that. I need direction. I need that.
1: Stick around after the break. We'll be talking about what does mental illness look like?
2: Well, I'm so (laughs) glad we just did hypotheticals so people can know. (laughs)
1: Welcome back. To just between us. It's time for topics. X, 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 Baby. So this week I wanted to talk about the specifics of mental illness because I've been realizing that I, I say I have OCD, but nobody really knows what that means. Yeah. Or what that means specifically to me. Okay. Because it, it manifests so differently in everyone. Yeah. What well, do you think well, of the topic? <laughs> I like it what well,
2: tell uh, because I think it's very important because I didn't really understand what OCD meant till I met you so uh, well, how did, what are
1: your symptoms? Uh, so my symptoms are majority cleanliness based, yeah, right? And so what's happening with me at all times is that I'm tracking dirt, really? and I'm tracking contamination, okay? And so my greatest fear is being contaminated, okay. What does that mean to you? Right. So, <laughs> contaminated to me is just like the germs or the dirt or something not clean has touched my body or my clothes, uh-huh. and I I'm at a level of uncleanliness that I would not feel comfortable touching any of the furniture in my house. Oh, that, okay. Like I that it, it's that it's a contamination I would not want to bring into my home, okay. and that means I need to like shower or change my clothes. Okay, and but you're not actually dirty. I have no idea. Oh so okay, That's where it becomes mental illness is because <laughs> <laughs> Oh got it, got it, got it. Okay. So for a lot of people who are worried about like cleanliness, their fear is to getting is getting sick. Yeah, like I don't care if I get sick. Okay. Like, I'm actually, like, really chill around people who are sick. And, like, yeah. if you have a cold, I don't really care. And, like, I shake people's hands. And it's like, if I think you're clean, I don't I don't care if you're sick. Mm-hmm. And so the end and the fear is simply contamination. Right. But in what ways would you be contaminated? If I sat on a park bench. Got it. If um, someone touched me who I thought was dirty. Okay. Sometimes I'll just be walking around and I'll go, oh. I'm contaminated. Really? Yes, because something has happened that's led me, I, I just like, there's been too much buildup and I'm suddenly contaminated. And in the past, before I was medicated, when that would happen, that would like really like ruin my day. <laughs> and, but now I can have moments where I feel, oh, I'm contaminated. And then I can say, no, you're not. And I like push it down and I can keep going. And then like within a few minutes, I forgot that I got contaminated. Oh. So for me being doing much better now, it's not that I don't have those thoughts. Yeah. I don't give into them as much.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. I was just explaining this to someone that like so I have bipolar disorder and um and I was like being medicated or or like going you know, being in therapy or whatever I'm doing for it, it doesn't mean that I don't have the initial impulse. Mm-hmm. What it means is it's like a train track. And I'm pulling the lever and it's very hard to pull, but I see, I see the thing that I really want to do, which is burn it all to the ground and kamikaze <laughs> everything and fucking go nuts. And I see the other way of doing things, which is not my instinct, not my right. impulse. I, I, it's going actively against my instinct. And I pull the lever and I pull myself over to the other side and I go, whatever you're thinking of doing, do the opposite of that.
1: And before you didn't have the capabilities
2: to do that. I wasn't able to either see the other side, and I wasn't able to pull the lever to get to the other side. So then I re track, and my train goes on the other side. But it's but I think people would think, oh, she just doesn't even have that anymore. She's just she only right. wants to do the right thing. She hasn't uh, she has she's gotten rid of that other impulse. No, I see it. I still see what I want to do. Mhm. And I have but I at least now have the the 30 second interval where I go, "No." and I do the other thing.
1: Right, where I like I'm still tracking like that you put your dirty jacket on my chair. Yeah. But then when you leave, I don't immediately Clorox wipe the chair. Oh. So that to me is is like success and that to me is like growth. Yeah. But Obviously, I would prefer to not even notice that you put your jacket on my chair. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and so to me, that that level of like fixed, like it's never gonna happen. Yeah. And so other things is like I can't, um, I can't rewear clothes. Yeah. I can rewear jackets. Okay. But I won't rewear anything else. Yeah. So I won't rewear my pants. I won't rewear my shirts. You wash your jeans every time. Yes. Wow. Um. If I'm showering, I have to also wash my hair. I can't not wash my hair because if I don't wash my hair, I don't feel clean. Oh, okay. So I have all these people yelling at me all the time that you shouldn't wash your hair every day. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but this is what I need to do to to function in the world. Okay, interesting, interesting. (laughs) And so all these other things that I've kind of like, I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, so what? What do I need? What yeah. is like where like it do- it's not negatively affecting my life mm-hmm. and it- and it's something I can easily maintain mm-hmm. and like it just keeps me comfortable. Yeah. And so to me those things are like taking – washing my hair when I take a shower and not rewearing my clothes. Yeah. Well, there's – can you talk about the
2: other aspect of OCD that I think I never realized was part of it, which is the lying? I'm
1: incredibly uncomfortable with – lying or anything, I'm always very afraid that I am misrepresenting something. Yeah, you are constantly worried that you're lying. I'm constantly worried that I'm lying. A really big thing for me is if we go experience something together and then you go relay what happened, and if it's not how it actually happened, I freak out. But also, don't you think that part of
0: that
2: is that two people can experience something and one person experiences it a different
1: way and that's just as valid? No, I think you're lying. See? Well that's that's wild. I know and like I can't so often I'll relate cuz it has to be it has to be
2: relayed the way that it happened to you specifically. Yeah, or like you you know
1: that you exaggerate. But sometimes uh I, people like even, experience even things, things differently. Even things if you'll be like Tons of people responded positively to this episode. And I saw on Twitter it was only three people. I will feel compelled to say it was only three people. That's not tons of people. Oh.
2: But uh, sometimes I mean, you know,
1: on Instagram too or in DMs or whatever. I just – it makes me physically uncomfortable when you do that. Weird. And, like, I am always – terrified that i'm unintentionally lying so all of the time i don't know if you've noticed this i'll tell you something i'll either tell you a fact or i'll tell you a story and then i go i'm not sure if that's true actually you do say that a lot all the time i go i don't know maybe not and if you question me about it at all i go actually i don't know yeah yeah even if it is a fact that you do know i just like you can immediately make me second guess myself because i am that terrified of lying but like then but
2: if you are saying a fact that is true Then you're backing up on it because you're worried that it's not true.
1: I'm giving you the caveat that I'm not sure. But you are sure. No, I'm not. Because you... Okay. I'm not. Some things, obviously, I'm sure about. Like, if I have a very specific memory of it, I'll fight you to the death on it because I know that it's true. But if there's any doubt in my mind and, like, any... Any like I'm I do not have the best memory, so kind of yeah. anything that's involving in that, like yeah. I really I really feel uncomfortable that I'm like misguiding you. And then another thing I need a lot is a lot of reassurance. Yeah, the asking over so, and over again. Yeah. So if you tell me that you tell me something positive, I if and if you say it to me only one time, yeah. I don't believe it. Like, yeah. I need to hear it multiple times for it to, like, truly sink in.
2: Yeah, like, you have evidence that shows that these things are are true, are happening. Like, or, you know, if you're like, I we did that, right? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, we did it. And you'll be like, oh, the big one. You know what? That you always go, we did enough today, right? Yes.
0: Did That's we do huge. enough
2: today? We did work today, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, what? We just finished all this work. Of course. We did yeah. away enough work today. And you'll be like, five minutes go by. We
1: did enough today, right? Yeah. Yes, we did. I know. Welcome to mental illness. I know, but it's like it's 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 second guessing like your worth almost. I'll call my mom, I'll tell my mom what I did and ask if that was enough. <laughs> you know, I'll call my mom to like ask for permission to not to, not to work that day and I'm thirty years old. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that being medicated has helped a lot with that. Like I finally have learned how to like not be productive all the time and like be okay with it. And that's been a huge relief on my life. Yeah. Like that has like night and day made me so much happier as a person to not feel the need to be productive all of the time.
2: Yeah. Because like, did we do enough today is such a loaded question. (laughs) I know. But that's like how I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing where, like, people go, like, but why or whatever? And it's, like, mental illness. Yeah, I don't exactly. know what to tell you. Exactly. I wrote an essay. This is the funniest. I, I wrote an essay for a magazine about making uh, irrational decisions on bip- because of bipolar disorder. And the editor for it, like, gave me notes. And one of the notes was... I said something about flying to Europe uh, with no money, which I did in 2012. And she was like, was there an event that precipitated this decision? And I just wrote back, yes, mental illness. <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah. There. Oh, the big takeaway is there's no reason for any of it. I'm insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think people have a really hard time with
1: that. Yeah. Like, this woman could not get it. It's also really hard for me to be in other people's spaces. Yeah, you don't like it. I don't like to go – unless you're, I consider you to be very clean, I don't like to go to other people's homes.
2: Let's see. What are my symptoms? What would you say my symptoms
1: are? Um, <laughs> I feel like you have a good grasp on this. Uh, I mean, you've changed a lot, but I think when you were undiagnosed and unmedicated, there was a lot of rage. Yeah, very angry. Like, very angry. I think that you felt like you, that things were like stacked against you or that people were out to get you mm-hmm. in a big way and that like took everything personally. Well, that, uh, as part of bipolar disorder, that's like delusions. That's yes. like, you know,
2: yes. that's sort of the bipolar one, like paranoia, delusions, like I uh, almost grandiosity of like, uh, people are trying to get me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you felt that way. Yeah, I know. Um, I also think that you uh, were, saw all relationships sexually. Again, bipolar disorder. Yeah. Like that check, check, check. That check. you needed to relate to everyone also on a sexual level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't think, I think you're doing a lot better with that now.
2: Yeah. That's, you're you're just doing a bipolar checklist.
1: <laughs> and I don't even know that much about bipolar. These are just like, the changes and things i've seen in you and yeah yeah no you're right um i also think that yeah that you would make impulsive decisions yep and i don't know if if the need to like change change your appearance and and to dress in a flashy way and mm, to like yeah that's interesting like you know like you had to Put, like, put this, like, image of yourself out there. I don't want to
2: judge everybody who does this, but I don't think it's not – for me, I don't think it's not tied to mm-hmm. uh, bipolar disorder, which was changing the way I dress and changing my hair color all the time and changing uh, – like, I love to change how I look. I haven't done it as much. But, like, someone asked me recently, like, you have so many different pairs of glasses. And I was like, yeah, you got to keep it spicy. But
1: that, to me, is, like, different – than what you were doing a few years ago.
2: Right. That's like a very minor me changing my glasses is right. very minor compared to like changing my entire haircut and entire hairstyle yeah. and entire
1: way of dressing and whatever all the time. And I yeah, and I felt like you had like there was a time where like you had to be like, I'm this way. Like yeah. you have to see me this way. Yeah, or like you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I also I have um like physical symptoms of anxiety too, yeah. like and it, and it manifests in, like, very physically for me. Like, yes. Like, weirdly, like, scratch. Like, uh, I had a whole thing where I had, like, a bruise, like, a handprint bruise on my leg. And I was like, what the hell is this from? And I realized that in my sleep, uh, I had sweatpants on. And I was scratching my leg in my sleep. And mm-hmm. it wasn't breaking the skin because it was through the sweatpants. So it was just causing finger-shaped bruises on my leg. Yeah. And I was, like, scratching myself in my sleep from anxiety.
1: Yes, you you physically manifest your anxiety. Hugely.
2: It's yeah. so physical. Like ha- like sometimes like ha- my hair will like, I can feel it like that, like my hair is falling out. Like it's really wild.
1: I use pain to deal with emotion a lot. I don't do it as much anymore. But yeah. that was a thing I've done since I was a kid where it's like pinching to like calm myself down. Yeah. Um, That's like that thing of having the hair tie on your wrist that you're pulling. Yeah, Yeah. I think people don't realize
2: what, it actually looks like I think people think that mental illness is about one thing or they think that it's like, well, now you're cured or like they think
1: like I don't I don't think there's a lot of people that speak in specifics. Yeah, I mean, I, I shot a sketch show uh, for a now defunct like network and they would make me go on the couch and I knew that the couch wasn't clean and I would like hold up production to get a Clorox wipe to like wipe down mm-hmm. a couch. And I was like, I know that I f- look insane, but I can't, I can't control yeah. the impulse to do this. Yeah, like I can't, or I know in my head that if I don't do it, then the the outcome of not doing it is so much worse that I will feel yeah. so uncomfortable and so dirty and so contaminated yeah. that I would rather look insane to these people. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I always talk about like you know, you can kind of realize when it crosses over from just, like, I don't, you know, like, I like things clean to, like, neuroses is, like, when it just, like, interferes with your ability to function. Yes, absolutely. Like, I couldn't, you know, I'm not functioning the same as everyone else. I'm getting the Clorox wipe and I'm wiping the couch down. Yeah, yeah. And that's not, an OCD
2: isn't, like, oh, I just wish it was clean. Right. And I also, like, you know, in terms of interfering, like, well, I had my—I was going through, like, a big depression. Um, you guys heard it on this show. And I was like—like, like, you know, there was a lot of impulse—there was a lot of suicidal ideation, a lot of impulses to, to drive the car off the road or stuff like that. And uh, and I had to be like, no, no, stop. Like, you, you have the thought, but you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like— and it was really really hard to go against the thought that you were having cuz it's so it's like soaked into your brain. It's like not one part of your brain. It's like it's like your brain is a sponge and it has soaked up mm-hmm. kill yourself. Yeah. Uh and so um I think like it interfered. I mean, I there was like work stuff that I had to do that I was just like I can't do it.
1: Yeah. But I think that that's good because I think that like that gave you the time to heal versus if you just gone ahead and done the work stuff then the then the thoughts are just getting stronger and stronger in your head. Cause but not- I'm lucky that I'm able to be like, I need time off.
2: Yeah. But but other people are not. Well, mental health days should be considered sick days. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But nobody gets those.
1: No. Or if you are doing that, you have to pretend something else is wrong. Yeah. Like you should just be able to take a certain amount of mental health days. Yeah. Or, yeah, like...
2: I. You have to say you have a cold or mm-hmm. something, yeah, I agree because it, it it nobody takes it as seriously as like physical health right. and it is like such a I bet people would be more productive if you in their work, not Absolutely. to be not to be hyper capitalist about it, but if you gave people mental health, <laughs> health days, they would be better at their jobs for again, sure. that is a capitalist reason for this, but I'm just <laughs> saying.
1: I also – stress is a huge trigger for me. Mm-hmm. So when I'm stressed, my OCD gets a lot worse. Yeah. So, like, when things are going good and it's, like, chill and, like, I can, like – I can handle a lot more. And then I can tell that I'm really stressed when things start to – when I get even more worked up about things and I'm noticing more stuff about cleanliness and I'm more and more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have to sort of, like, stop thinking about it. Like, even if you were – if you were to start talking to me about something – like we were, t- were talking about traveling for the tour and someone was starting to tell me what their friend does in a hotel room to stay clean. And yeah. I was like, don't tell me this. Yeah. I was like, I don't want these thoughts in my head. I don't want to adapt this behavior. I want to just ignore it and like keep it to what I'm due now.
2: You have a physical reaction to that. When we've had like um, conversations that you, you didn't want to have about like certain th- cleanliness or certain things like that. Do you know that you do this? You rub your chest until it's red. Really? Yeah. You'll put, uh, like, if we're talking about something and you're uncomfortable or you're, like, having some sort of mental health thing related to it, uh, it's
1: not scratching. It's just, like, you'll take, like, your fingers and rub your chest, and then your chest will be red. I was staying at my boyfriend's parents' house, and we walked in, and his mom had put two towels on the bed for us, clean towels. And I walked in and my reaction was, oh no. Because the towels were contaminated by the bed. And oh. I love to, ha- I need to have a clean towel. Yeah. And like, and then Jake knew that that's what was happening in my head because he's so wonderful and attuned to this stuff for me or getting more and more attuned every day. And like, was like, do you need another towel? And I was like, yeah. And then we like went to go see if they had another towel. And we like went into his parents' bathroom and I saw that the other towel was on the tub sitting next to his mom's purse and in my head I was like that's even more de- dirty no 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 yeah and then I had to be like I'm fine with the towels I have and I had to like run back into the room and like you know I'm I'm mortified that I'm causing this problem I don't yet feel comfortable enough with his parents to yeah. like say that I'm freaking out about the state of their towels because they provided me with clean towels I'm just yeah you know and and like and then I'm like to take I'm like okay I can use this it it's okay because I'm like this is the yeah. lesser of two evils. It's not my home, so yeah. I'm, you know whatever. And then like when I'm using the towels, I'm opening them up and trying to use the side that didn't touch the bed. Yeah, I mean it's just bullshit like that yeah. all the time. In the very <laughs> beginning of our friendship,
2: it used to hurt my feelings because I took it personally. I was like, Allison thinks I'm dirty. Yeah. Nothing I do is good enough. Like every Allison thinks that like I just am like gross and and a pig and like that's so mean. I'm sorry. It's. A, I mean, it, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah, it didn't have anything to do with me. But I would just. I uh, like. I would just be like, because I didn't realize it was irrational. So I guess I thought like, oh, okay, well then I'm the nastiest person alive, and I'm disgusting. Like whatever, fine. No, I think like everyone. is. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone is. You just have to realize it's not personal. Yeah, and,
1: and it has airplanes. No- I if I can't have anyone um, be on an airplane and then remain in their clothes in my apartment. Yeah. You have to shower immediately. Yeah. I don't like touching luggage. Like to me when I was, okay, so growing up until it got better, I could not let the suitcase touch my body. So imagine trying to take a suitcase down a huge flight of stairs, trying to not let it touch your body. You can't lean it against your leg. You can't support it in any way. I like almost hurt myself so many times because I was just desperately trying for the suitcase not to touch my body
2: if you are a person who casually goes I'm so OCD I like my desk to be neat go fuck yourself (laughs) I mean let me know let me know
1: when you can't walk down some stairs by because you can't touch the luggage (laughs) and then but now sometimes when I touch the luggage it touches my leg and I'm and then I'm okay and that's (laughs) beautiful and that's growth Melissa come on in and talk about us (laughs) oh wow oh wow is that stuff not normal sweetie no (laughs) no So what do you think? I'm going to give it two old-fashioned thumbs up. Oh, wow. Old-fashioned. Wow. Yeah. A throwback to a normal <laughs> rating system. <laughs> yeah, wow. I wasn't I wasn't
2: prepared for that. It's
1: so, so traditional. <laughs> I know.
2: Um, I'm going to give it uh, uh, eight out of eight Pisces.
1: Okay. Mm.
2: Because uh, Fazia said she's a Pisces, and I really loved her philosophical engagement with that. I know she was so wise, isn't she the best? <laughs> yeah, she's great. Very We're delightful. So delightful. Just like such good energy. Mm-hmm. And like and like I lo- I could listen to her talk forever. <laughs> I she love it. a Good voice. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a I'm in a not just for her Canadian citizenship,
1: but Whoa. also but also for love. Okay, <laughs> I support that. <laughs> Wait.
2: So, um, uh, what was your favorite part? What did you learn?
1: I think that my favorite part was. Mine was when you asked if we believe in God. <laughs> Yeah, that was my favorite part, too.
2: (laughs) Was, uh, like, as a light. I really want, uh, just to end this on a light note,
1: do you believe in God? (laughs) It's called Tough Question. I loved it. I thought it was so wonderful. Do you believe in God, Melissa? I do. See? There we go. Two two out of four. What religion are you? Christian. Do you go to church? Mm, I have gone to church yeah. a lot that i don't really go anymore yeah yeah it's like i feel like i have like a relationship with god and i don't need to go to church that's how i feel yeah. i just feel like it's used it's so harmful mm-hmm. it's often used as an excuse for so much hate and violence mm-hmm. i am blown away by how many people believe in god
2: <laughs> around me
1: what did we learn
2: um, I learned a lot about Muslim identity and uh, versus like Pakistani identity, and how Fazia sees herself in both of those like worlds, and mm-hmm. and how those informed, um, like who she is as a person. Even if she didn't fully, even if she's not like praying five times a day or whatever, like that, you can have all of those and in, in as part of you, and still be like a modern person. Yeah. So I think that's great. And I think that that's probably true for Muslims that do, are, are very observant. I'm sure they don't feel represented, you know. If, like, if you're very observant but also a young person who is, like, believe, you know, is in the modern world, I think there's not, there's there's no um, representation of, like, different spectrums of Muslims. Mm-hmm. It's basically just only one kind that we see. Yeah. So I like that. I liked having her on to show that, that there's not just
1: one version of that. I learned that you love to have photos of the person you're dating's face. I love it. <laughs> I had no idea I that take... that was so important it's to you. weird to me.
2: <laughs> Why is that
1: weird? Oh, my <laughs> God. If I you showed you like... my phone right now. <laughs> that I you just, like, screenshot people while they're on FaceTime. And they, like, because you get a notification they when do. you screenshot. You I do, do it? It? Yeah, Yes. It tells you. <laughs> I screenshot
2: on FaceTime all the time. That's so funny. I do it to be funny.
1: Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. I also,
2: oh, my phone is all all photos of this person right now.
1: That's very weird to me. And then
2: screenshots of them from uh, FaceTime.
1: Cool. It's flattering. (laughs) Is it? Because usually when you're FaceTiming, when you screenshot, it's not a flattering picture. I know.
2: I wait until they're doing something cute. (laughs) And then I screenshot. Okay. I like, whatever. I like, I watch. God believing. Yeah. I can't believe you guys. Whatever. Go fuck yourselves. I'm nice and sweet and romantic and you all can suck it. Thank you so much to Fazia
1: Mirza for being our guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. All right engineer is brendan burns he also composed our killer theme music our producer is melissa d moss and our supervising producer is josephine martirana our executive producer is chris bannon just
2: between us is a production of stitcher dear god it's me margaret
0: Stitcher.